allowing yourself to fall into compromising situations and rationalizing your actions is a quick way to commit adultery. Learn how to avoid bad advice today on our new episode of Venture Podcast. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well. I want to welcome you back to Venture Podcasts. Um, We believe you are where you need to be today, whatever that might be, wherever you're listening, in your car, in your home, at work, at school, whatever. Uh, We're just glad you're joining us today, and uh, we're praying that God will give you a reason or purpose of why he has you where you are at this moment. Uh, Hey, today is part three of of the message series that we're uh, having right now, which is called Bad Advice. And, you know, who listens to a podcast for bad advice, right? You know, well, the honest thing is when you actually look at our lives so often, the way that we actually live implies that we are listening or taking bad advice. And so what I want to do is I want to show you a very direct bad advice in the context, you know, of the, of the church to illustrate how bad it is. And then we're going to take some good advice or some godly advice and apply it to our lives. And I believe that God will make a big, big difference for you. So as we dive in today, um, I need a little help from you all. Uh, how many of you are married, right? How many of you are married? Probably, probably many of you, um, if you were able to raise your hand right now, would be raising your hand, um, you're married. Now, how many of you are not married and would like maybe to be married one day? You know, you're probably, some of you are probably lifting up your hand. Man, I wish, wish I could just find someone to meet, right? Well, my hope is maybe um, somehow... The person, another person that's raising their hand might reach out to each other. I don't know how that's going to happen, but that would be really kind of cool, wouldn't it? So, but anyway, uh, if you are married or wouldn't mind being married, here's one more question. How many of you have a goal to commit adultery one day? Anybody? Adultery, you know, the mess around. How many of you would say a plan on doing that one day, right? Interesting. I would bet no one could actually say that they actually plan on committing the sin of adultery. And yet, people do it all the time. The fact that none of you are probably saying, well, this is something that I actually plan on doing. I think one day I'm going to potentially risk losing my marriage and losing the respect of my children and hurting my reputation and ripping the name of Jesus through the mud. The, the fact that none of you plan on doing this would probably imply that you embrace the truth uh, from Exodus. And that is Exodus twenty fourteen, where it says in one of the Ten Commandments where God says, you shall not commit adultery. In fact, even if you go outside of what we would call the Christian world and you just take the general population, uh, even including people that would not consider themselves religious, 90% of the general population agrees that adultery is always wrong. The vast majority of people, whether Christian or not, believe that adultery is a sin. And yet, according to one study I've read, according to the Journal of Psychology and Christianity, up to 65% of husbands and 55% of wives will commit adultery. 65% of husbands, 55% of wives will commit adultery. And if you want to say wow, go ahead and say it. Wow, right? Wow. Now, my attempt today is not to induce fear or anxiety like, oh, is my spouse going to cheat on me or leave me, right? 
Instead, what I want to do is I want to teach a message that unfortunately I really wish I didn't have to, but, but as a pastor who works with people all the time, this is a massive problem. It's a massive, massive problem. Even though you don't plan to do this, the vast majority of so many people actually do. And so I want to address this today, and I want to give you a little bit of a bad advice, right, so that the godly advice will really, really stand out, okay? So what tends to happen if someone says, I'm never going to do this, and yet they do? Well, what, what might happen is they, they will say, you know, I'm married, and I'm kind of happily married, and, and then one day I'm taking my marriage for granted. I don't really value my spouse as much as I used to. I kind of drift in my heart. Uh, I read something maybe I shouldn't have read, seen some things I shouldn't have seen. Maybe I met meet someone else who's kind of interesting. But, you know, all of that, that's no big deal. You know, we find common interest. We, we start enjoying time together. I start anticipating my time with this person. We get a little bit excited about it. We invent some reasons to meet, spend some more time together. Suddenly, we accidentally kind of brush and touch, and the next thing you know, we're doing something else. And then one day you wake up. You didn't ever mean to end up where you are. You didn't ever plan to move in that direction, but somehow, someway, you crossed several lines and woke up in real, real trouble. If you want to have a great marriage, and if you're very, very, very blessed, and one day you want to potentially risk it all, let me give you some really bad advice, okay? And I'm going to show you in three quick steps how you can commit adultery, all right? I hope you're paying attention. Step number one, this is very important. I want to encourage you to neglect your marriage, okay? If you don't want to have intimacy in your marriage, you want to potentially lead yourself to do something stupid, neglect your marriage. Okay, it's very simple. Just find something else to give your best to. It, it can be anything else at all. It can be a hobby. It can be a job. It can be your yard. It can be social media, whatever. You can obsess about people you don't even know, right? It's so exciting and easy to do. You know, you can get all into fitness where it's all about your body. Uh, it, can, it can even be your children. You know, that is a great thing because children are good things and you can obsess about your kids. Just whatever you do, neglect your marriage. I also want to encourage you to take your spouse completely for granted. Don't talk. Don't have any kind of emotional intimacy whatsoever. Don't share your feelings. Don't up. You know, what's funny is somebody probably wants to say amen at this point, but that would just be weird because this is bad advice, right? <laughs> so how do you commit adultery? Step number one, neglect your marriage. Step number two, this is so great too, enjoy common interest and form an emotional bond with someone else. Okay? Enjoy common interests and form an emotional bond with someone else. What you want to do is find someone who might possibly be interesting or attractive and do a lot of things with them. It could be a work project. Uh, it could be that you're in some fitness class together because apparently that's a really great place to meet people and connect. You know, I, I wouldn't know because I hardly ever attend one. Uh, and, and what you want to do is you want to just spend time with them and tell yourself, well, he understands me. She likes my jokes. My spouse doesn't enjoy me or get me in this way. And so you start to bond with them emotionally, which is so easy because you've been neglecting your spouse and you've got your emotional needs, right? And this person's starting to meet them. Now, whatever you do, hide them, hide this, this, this from your spouse, right? Don't, don't, don't share this with your spouse. Don't, don't let your spouse know about the other person. And then, and then what you want to do is you want to anticipate your time together. Start thinking about, well, if I go there at this time and walk by the desk, they're always there, right? And they always get coffee at this time. And you anticipate the time together with this person. And ladies, if you don't mind, you know, maybe dress a little bit, you know what I'm saying, right? You know, <laughs> right? And guys, suck in the gut, right? Ooh, yeah, I got to look manly, right? Walk by and flirt a little bit. Ladies, do the hair thing where you, you know, flip it back or whatever. And guys, 
I don't, I don't know what you do, but know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Flirt. Make it interesting, right? Text after work. Direct messaging them is really, really fun. And hey, if you want to make it spiritual, this is really, really good for Christians. Tell them, I'm praying for you. I've got you on my heart. You know, God is just leading me to care for you spiritually. Things like that, right? You know, this is kind of gross, isn't it? But, but just work with me, okay? This is, this is bad advice, right? Okay, so neglect your marriage. Enjoy common interests. Form an emotional bond. And number three, make excuses and rationalize your actions, okay? Make excuses and rationalize your actions, okay? Blame your spouse. This works every time. Well, if he was meeting my needs. Well, if she would pay some attention to me. Well, if I wouldn't have had to put up with this kind of you-know-what all the time. Just, just blame your spouse. That helps you to feel better about yourself, right? Tell yourself, well, I'm not happy anyway. God wants me happy no matter what, right? This is the highest and best calling that I would be happy, right? Tell yourself this. And this is really, really important. Tell yourself you've never, you're never actually going to go through with it, right? This is just really just harmless. This is playful. This is flirting. It's not any really big deal. And then if you really get close to it, tell yourself, well, maybe this is this other relationship is what was meant to be, right? Maybe this is what God really intended for me. May I pause for a moment? In case anybody um, is not in tune or just caught part of this podcast with you, okay? Um, I want to say that I, that I was being very sarcastic there, and, and that was bad advice, okay? Because somebody might have just, just walked in and, and heard this and, and probably is leaning over there to the wife now and said, I've heard about these New Age churches. You know, I've heard uh, everything I've heard about, you know, Venture Podcasts is, is true, okay? This is bad advice, right? Okay, this is bad advice. Uh, now, what I'm about to tell you is not, is not advice, but can we all admit that none of us plan to betray the one that we promised before God, right? To do life with for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, sickness and health. None of us plan that. And yet, what happens? People do it all the time. Why? They're actually living this bad advice. And so what I want to do is I want to turn the tables and I want to talk about some godly advice and give you a few things to put in your heart that I believe can be beneficial to some people. And you may be even 16 years old listening to this, and this may come up in, in play 10 years from now. And so I want to give you three thoughts to do whatever it takes to avoid adultery, okay? Three thoughts to avoid adultery. Now, thought number one, I want to encourage you to do whatever it takes to radically reduce the risk, okay? Radically reduce the risk. In fact, when we talk about sexual sin, it's interesting to me that every other type of sin in the Bible tells us to fight it and resist it. But sexual sin is the only sin that doesn't say fight or resist. Do you know what the Bible says about sexual sin? Flee. Run, forest, run. Don't stand around and try to fight it. Don't resist it. But get your hind end out of dodge is what the Bible says. Okay, Flee from sexual immorality. Why? Because of all of our other sins you commit are, are outside the body. This one is actually different. This one is very, very different. And so we flee from sexual immorality. In fact, in Proverbs uh, chapter 5, the father is speaking to his son about the adulterous woman. And, and here's what the father says to his son to radically reduce the risk. Love this. Ready? Proverbs 5.8. Keep a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Okay. Essentially what he's saying is a lot of times they'll say, well, I'm not really doing anything wrong. I mean, this is kind of innocent, right? I didn't really mean this. This is just kind of fun. This is harmless. Nothing's really going to happen. Everybody understands. Everybody does this, right? Well, what happens is you end up crossing the line after line after line, right? And you think, well, I haven't committed adultery yet. 
And the line is, you know, way over in some yonder distance, right? But we need to understand that the line for sin actually exists right where we stand, right where we are, right? The line of sin starts before we commit an action. It actually starts in our minds and it starts in our hearts, even before we do something. It starts with the mindset. And for so many people, the line of sin is in the wrong place. We're going to make sure we know the line starts in the mind and in the eyes and in the heart. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 5, 28, he said, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. Where does the line start? It starts with you. It starts in the heart. It starts in the eyes. It starts in the mind. Long before you ever act. It's all about where what's in the heart, right? So those of you who are married, I asked you earlier if you were married, right? And you probably said, yes, I'm married. Okay, a lot majority of you. Well, here's kind of a good litmus test, okay? If your spouse were to see a video of everything you that you do all day long, right? Everything is recorded. If they saw everything that you said and everything that you did all day long, would they be blessed by their by your interactions or would they be hurt? It's really a powerful thing to think about, right? Did you kind of laugh at a joke that you shouldn't have laughed at? Did you say something sort of inappropriate to someone at work? Were, were you being entertained by something that would be harmful? Or, or all day long, were you honoring God and honoring your spouse in a way that your spouse would look on and say, I am so thankful for my wife the way she handled that. I'm so thankful for my husband. He obviously treasures me and honors God and all that he does. And for those of you that aren't married, you're like, oh, this is an easy podcast to listen to. It doesn't even pertain to me. Wrong. <laughs> okay. You're like, give it to those married people. Wrong. Okay. You're, you're wrong. Let me, let me come up in your business for a second. Because if your future spouse saw the way you interacted today, would your future spouse be blessed or pleased? Okay. Would they be blessed and pleased? Some of you are, are doing some things right now that a, that a future spouse may look on and go, ooh, you know, that's kind of painful, right? Ask yourself, if the line of sin starts, you know, way over there, under over there, am I, am I rationalizing all types of sin or am I recognizing that sin actually starts in the eyes, the mind, and in the heart? Okay? Here's just a few bullet points, thoughts, uh, kind of some thoughts to help you radically reduce the risk, okay? If you want to stay, away, start, stay far away from temptation, the first one is this. Let me encourage you to keep a growing relationship with Christ, okay? Let's start there. If you're married, what would be more powerful than intimate spiritual time every single day with your spouse? Whether you're sharing what God is showing you in the word, whether you're praying together before you go off to work, whether you're blessing a meal together, right? Talking about spiritual things with your kids. But when you're sharing spiritual intimacy and you continue to grow, this is a great way to reduce the risk of you doing something that could be hurtful in your relationship, okay? Another one, never be alone with the wrong people. And if I can just elaborate on this, and some of you are going to think I'm stupid, but but listen, I would never be alone with a woman in any kind of situation anywhere. I just wouldn't be, okay? That's just, it's just not going to happen. And I know that many of you, perhaps you work in environments where this is normal and accepted, but just because it's normal does not mean it's wise. So here at um, Chandler Acres, my church that I serve, we, we do everything we can to make sure we, we don't meet where a female and a male are by themselves, unless they are married or they're in an area with a camera, okay? And I'm being serious about it. We want to avoid all situations, okay? Another thing is this. Never talk bad about your spouse. 
Just don't do it, okay? Don't talk bad about your spouse. Well, well, she's yeah, 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 whatever. Well, she might be yeah, 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 whatever, okay? But but keep it to yourself, okay? And can I just say, because this is the world we live in, don't post anything bad about him or her on social media, right? Be wise, right? Your spouses often become what you say about them. And so if you're saying good things, they often grow into it. But if you're saying bad things, you know what you're going to get, right? Another thing, surround yourself with strong marriages. You become like those that you're around. Surround yourself with people that are growing spiritually. Surround yourself with those who can speak life into you. If you're around people who are always, you know, trashing, uh, what do I want to say, trash talking, yeah, trash talking their spouses, always, uh, and always going out and doing stupid things, getting wasted and putting themselves in bad environments, right? You're surrounding yourself with bad company. And we know what scripture says, or I hope you know what scripture says. It says that, that bad company corrupts good character, right? And finally, avoid all inappropriate places and situations. Just don't go where you might be tempted, right? Like, like you might be on a business trip and everybody's going out after work out to the bar and drink, you know, to drinks because they're in a new town or whatever. Well, you might just say, you know what, I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm going to, I'm just going to go back to the hotel and just chill, watch football or whatever, right? Someone might private message you, you like an ex from years ago or a friend from years, a girl friend from other years ago, right? Or, or a boy friend from other, from years ago, right? Like, Hey, I'm in town. It's been a while since we've talked. Just wanted to say hello. You should delete, 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 right? All the time, okay? You might be struggling with looking at lustful images on your iPad or iPhone or whatever device, okay? So get some accountability for it and block it, right? You may be in a job right now where you're actually flirting with danger and ask, you, know, you just ask to be moved and go to a different department maybe if you can. If you're in real danger, I honestly would advise you to get another job if you have to because it's easier to find another job than it is to rebuild a 20-year marriage after you've done something stupid, right? Do whatever it takes to radically reduce the risk, okay? So number two, to avoid adultery, I want to encourage you to do whatever it takes to invest passionately in your marriage, okay? Proverbs 5, 18 through 20 says, may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May, your, may her breast satisfy you always. May you be intoxicated with her love. Why my son, why, why my son be intoxicated with another man's wife, Okay? What is the father saying essentially? Well, if the grass looks greener somewhere else, it's time to water your own yard, okay? <laughs> okay. Be intoxicated with the love of your own spouse. In fact, I love the word in the Hebrew that is translated as, as intoxicated, okay? It's the word shagah, okay? I love that word, shagah, right? It's got that powerful meaning, like shagah, right? You know, this word can be to, be, be to mean to be ravished. It means to be captivated. It means to be enraptured. It means to be consumed, okay? The little word literally means like, like a, a bigger animal attacking and devouring the small animal. And that's how your love should be. Shagah, right? Enraptured, captivated, consuming. Number three, do whatever it takes to visualize the potential destruction. Okay, if you want to avoid adultery, visualize the potential destruction. Do, what, do you want to be faithful, right? That's the question. Do you want to be faithful? Well, just think ahead. Think what could happen if you choose to betray your spouse and commit the sin of adultery. Proverbs 5, 3 through 5, the father says this to his son about the adulterous woman. He says this, For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lead straight to the grave. 
Now, may I just go ahead and switch the gender just for fun and say, the adulterous man does the same thing. His feet go down to death. His steps lead straight to the grave. Okay, And you should be able to switch that with any situation, both male and female. This applies to both male and female, right? everything we've talked about. Because all you have to do when you're committing adultery is say, oh, but this is fun. This is innocent. Maybe this is meant to be. Maybe I made a mistake earlier. You know, just visualize that destruction of what could happen. Imagine, imagine guys sitting down with your kids and saying, well, kids, here's why I can't live with you anymore. You know, picture that conversation. Ladies, imagine this. Kids, you know your dad's best friend? Well, we spent a little too much time together. That'd be horrible, right? And so I can honestly say that in 28 plus years of marriage to my wife, Jen, that I've never been tempted or even close to betraying her in this way. And the reason is because I really, just really, really, really just stayed far from it. You know, what I do in my mind is I visualize the destruction of what would happen. Okay. Let me tell you what would happen. Okay. I would betray the name of my savior who gave his life for me, first of all. Okay. And I would crush and hurt and devastate people who actually believe there is a pastor who is really trying to honor God with the power of the Holy Spirit and get things right, okay? It would be a news story for two to three, four days, and everybody would talk about it for a little while. It'd be another church scandal. But you know what? That's the easy part. That's the easy part. The more difficult part is one day I would stand before God and have to give an account after all he trusted me with. I would have to look at the woman who's given me two kids— and been more faithful to me than I could ever imagine, and look into her eyes. And I can't even, I can't even picture, I can't even go there, right? You know, my children are now married, and they look to us as role models. At least I think they do. I'm pretty sure they do. You know, I think we've been there. But 28 years of, 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 of that would be thrown into the trash in moments of selfishness, right? We have to visualize the destruction. Because Satan is on the prowl, and he, and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything that matters to God. And you know what? Marriage really, really matters to God. Look it up in Scripture, what, what God talks about with marriage. It's so important to him. Even after hearing all this, some of you will still be in a place, and, and you might think, well, you know, whatever. I'm going to go through with this. We're going to fall in love, and we're going to live happily ever after. This is who God is going to provide for me, Right? Well, I want to show you some statistics of your, of your odds, okay? What percentage of people actually marry their forbidden lover? Well, you know, those people that say, well, I'm going to leave my spouse and marry this person, right? Well, guess what? 3% of those who commit adultery actually marry the forbidden lover. 3% of those, right? And of the 3%, what percentage of those marriages end in divorce? 75%, Okay. Three out of four of the 3% end in divorce. So what are the odds of a lasting marriage with this other person? It leaves it at 0.075. 0.075. You've got less than 1% of a chance. Why? Because what you have is a relationship built on lies and deceit. That's what you have. You do not have trust. You do not have integrity. You do not have Christ. You know, Christ isn't going to even be near that, right? You have a relationship that is built on lies and deceit. That is what you have. Now, I know the whole time I've been talking about this, I'm very aware that there, there are a lot of you uh, who have been hurt significantly because of this type of sin and temptation. Okay? And so I want you to know, those of you that, who have been betrayed, that breaks the heart of God and it breaks my heart. Okay? 
I also know that there are those of you who have betrayed a spouse. And many of you are wanting to heal from this and grow through it, right? And I want to encourage you that the grace of God is very, 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 very real. There is no condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus, okay? You are not judged by Christ, okay? You are not pushed away by Christ. You might feel that from people, but you will not feel that from Christ, okay? If there is deep and true repentance, there is absolute and complete healing. The arms of God are wide open if you'll come back to him. In fact, I want to end this podcast today with, to, with some really, really good, really, really good news, okay? Because we've talked about some stuff that's very painful and very hard. And, and the good news is this. Even when we are unfaithful, God is always faithful, right? Let me say it again. Even when we are unfaithful, God is always faithful. And so I want to take a look at a verse, 2 Timothy 2.13, okay? This is so important. Listen to what it says. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot, he cannot deny himself. Okay? The reason he says he cannot deny himself is because we are made in his image. And therefore he remains faithful because we have him in us. Right? But yet we are faithless. He is still faithful. And if we are faithless, here's the deal. Listen to me. Every single one of us, we are unfaithful in some way, sometime. Not just I'm not talking about adultery here. Okay? I'm talking about anything. At some point, in some way, we are unfaithful. None of us are perfect. But the good news is, God is always faithful. Whatever our spiritual enemy meant to destroy, our God can rebuild. Our God can heal. Our God can forgive. Our God can make all things new. Even when we are unfaithful, our God is faithful. So if you're hurt in this way, you can argue all day long, and you would be absolutely correct that, the, that adultery is biblical grounds for divorce. True all day long. But guess what? Adultery is also biblical grounds for forgiveness. Our God can take what the enemy meant to destroy, and our God can make it better and new, because our God is always faithful. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and our hope is always you'll be back next week to as we wrap up uh, this podcast series on bad advice. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.